like to wait to see how things turn out. If you apply some pressure, I like to wait and see how things turn out. Hello and welcome to Britpop Banter. My name is Kevin. I'm Leslie. This is season two, what happened after Britpop, and this is Leslie's pick. Uh, Twitter and Facebook, we're at Britpop Banter, and email BritpopBanter at gmail.com. All views expressed on this podcast are 100% our own, and while we poke fun at some bands and artists, we appreciate their talent and sacrifice to create these albums. This week, Trin Breaks, The Optimist. How are you feeling? Optimistic. (laughs) Hey, not bad. Yeah. Uh, Last, well, last episode was actually Mercury Machine, which seems like ages ago we did that interview with the boys. Yes. And... Tell us the story because Amazing. oh my Amazing. god, so, small world. So basically, we obviously we've been talking about Mercury Machine for some time, Ages. and we've been in touch with them, and then for a while, and then we interview them. We put we put up the episode. So Tim from the band sends the episode to a friend of his who lives in Australia. Yeah, lives in Sydney. Yeah. As it turns out, this friend I know well, <laughs> and. Basically, he's friends with one of my really good friends that I met travelling, and now we all we live here. Yeah. Um, and Tim from the band was actually at her wedding, and I gave us a, a very drunken speech. I'd like to point out it wasn't one of the ones that was supposed to be there. It was ad hoc. Oh, you did that? No, no, it was one of those, and I don't know what I said, but I think it was nonsense. But he was at the same wedding. Then he. His friend then sent him a photograph when we are actually in the same photograph. Oh, my God. Um, so we've actually been to a wedding together. We've probably... We know the same people, and I reckon at that time we probably would have been um, at least in a pub having a drink together and just not realised. That's insane. And so the world is so small, and I text my mate, and she's like, oh, yeah, I remember, yeah, he moved back to the UK. He's really good friends with Andrew and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, like you can't even make that up. <laughs> So Tim and I go way back. That is that is incredible, really. And the funny thing is, as well, when I, the friends who he who he was at their wedding, when they first moved to Australia, they came and stayed with you and I when yeah. we were flatmates. Yeah, yeah. So it goes full circle. Wow, that's pretty. I saw the message come through. I was like, "Holy cow! Holy cow! This is such yeah. a small world." So you know, Tim and I are besties. So it's nice to catch up again. So- <laughs> been a while uh so that was yeah that's i mean it was cool to to talk to american machine fantastic band and then you're like best mates with them anyway from way back before they even were uh and before that we did maximo park a set and trigger how are you feeling about that it's a really good album actually i've listened to it again not bad not bad yeah yeah mark ronson's better just saying it's really not (laughs) why did nobody hammer you for that Maybe it was an agreement. And to be honest, we got so drunk, we forgot to put the poll up. Do you remember? Because you were like, that's it, I'm setting an alarm, I'm going to put the poll up. And you didn't. forgot. You forgot. We didn't, yeah. What happened that night? You tanned quite a bit of whiskey and yeah. felt a bit rough that night. I really did. Oh, and I didn't, and then on the journey home, I got I got lost. I took the M8, ended up in... Oh, that takes you way over the other oh. side of Sydney. <laughs> had a hair appointment didn't know what was going on I was like I always come this way what is this new road that no one's on and the tunnel it's a brand new tunnel mm-hmm. and it's a long tunnel and too. it's lonely <laughs> and I was like <laughs> 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 I 
It was horrible. You were a mess. Yeah, it was not nice. Because we went to the pub, had a good good and dinner. I don't at the know pub. why, because we didn't drink a lot at the pub. Those coffee beers blow your brain. Oh no, off. They, they do. And then we went home and uh Whiskey came out, played some FIFA, you <sighs> kept on losing, therefore kept wanting a rematch, kept drinking the whiskey. And I cut myself off. I was like, it was like 11, half 11. I'm like, I'm done. Go, no, no, no. The rage. Whiskey rage came through. And then the next morning, I was like, oh, it's so good to see you feeling rough the next so day. Rough. Couldn't even eat. So you rough. Like, you were like, do you want any breakfast? <laughs> I felt fine, fine, actually. Oh, it was horrible. I sat in the hairdresser, just stared at myself for two hours. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Googling where is the M8 <laughs> There's nothing better than seeing a mate more hungover than you are it's best. Oh man I'm uh, off the booze for a month though What? Yeah Are you doing a month free booze? Yeah Why? Is it Wait what month is it? We're in July No sober October is it not a sober tober or something? It's made up Right so why Just because it's just a lot of drinking Covid like I reckon I've drank more in Covid than I have my whole life <laughs> So I mean, I must admit, I'm, I'm guilty of pretty much a couple of glasses of wine a night now. And it's the constant. It's not like I'm drunk a lot. No, it's no, just it's the just... constant. Because you're just like, you work from home. So it's like, well... I'll open a bottle of wine yeah, and finish. Nah. Yeah. So, look, I'm not being hugely... So I'm not drinking this weekend. What about next weekend? We're catching up. So, I mean, no beers next weekend. We'll be driving anyway. Oh, well, actually, it's the end of the month next month. Yeah, but only started on Tuesday. Oh, you've started mid-month. <laughs> I just start, I'm not really doing a month I'm just like doing four weeks and it's not like I'm just not going to drink this weekend next weekend I've actually got dinner at Rockpool so I'm going to allow myself Ooh, a couple of glasses Rockpool's very high class restaurant and it's going to be nice steaks I'm going to have a couple of glasses of red I'll allow myself that and then the next weekend I'm not going to drink and the next weekend I'll be not drinking and I'll be back but to Friday me. we're hanging out next Friday are we not doing that? yeah we are beers? yeah but <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Okay. But I'll have to drive back you're home. Gonna drive, you're going to drink less. Drink less. Well, I could only month. have two beers anyway. Right, okay. I feel that's fine. That's fine. I just mean I'm not going to drink. So during the week, absolutely not. That's and good. only one weekend, I'm going to allow myself the wine at the restaurant. I'll be with you, that'll be it. That's actually quite that's significant. Good. That is that is a lot. Actually. I'll see how this weekend goes. Last night was a bit... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You've got shakes. A little bit. <laughs> Because I was working yesterday and it got to six o'clock, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Skin was crawling and <laughs> no, <laughs> it was okay. I think once you get through the, because I don't normally drink on a Sunday, and the last couple of Sundays I have, and Monday's not been pleasant. Oh, that's and not something good, like that. No. I just can't. Yeah, no. Uh, what's so going on in Melbourne? By the way, oh yeah, I Melbourne, want to be three or four hundred cases a day consistently. New South Wales is all right though. Where we are, we're yeah. 10, 5, which is, which is going to happen, yeah. I think. Can I just say something? Of course you can. I went away for the weekend. Oh, I forgot you did this. And so I went away for a few days down the south coast of Sydney, which is absolutely um, Gorgeous. stunning. Gorgeous. And do you know what was amazing? And I actually got quite depressed on Tuesday because in my job, because I deal with people, we have to deal a lot with about the COVID thing. Like... Getting people back to the office. Is it safe? How are people feeling? It's just constant COVID. Going away for the weekend, basically I played a bit of golf. Mm-hmm. Stayed in these lovely um, villas. Played a bit of golf. Went to a winery for lunch. It was beautiful overlooking this lovely um, uh, 
vineyards, had some nice wine, beautiful food. Next day we went down to Hyams Beach, which is Lovely. one of the most beautiful beaches in the world, white of sands. Mm-hmm. Went for a dip in the ocean, even though it's winter, but mm-hmm. it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, had dinner, played, like just didn't think of COVID once, just wasn't in my, because it doesn't exist. It exists down there and you have to maybe sign in to things. But, a pub, yeah. It's not but like... it's not in your face. Yeah. And I wasn't watching the news mm-hmm. because I'm on holiday mm-hmm. and I'm in the ocean and I'm playing golf and I'm doing all these things. And I just remembered what life was like before mm. it. I didn't go anywhere where you could have a limited amount of people. It was like restaurant was on site. The, the winery was small anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so... Nice. Mm. So when I came back to work and it was like my very first meeting. Was a COVID meeting. Oh, and I was like over it. My mm. boss rang me and she's like, you don't seem your positive self. I am over this COVID thing. <laughs> I am not going to sit in the office with a mask on. This is pants. I was like, what are we doing? I said, we can't shut down the world every time somebody gets it. We're going yeah. to have to learn to live with it. And I went off on one to yeah. my boss about it. She's like, oh, I've got to go. I'll call you back later. <laughs> And I was like, sure. <laughs> um, and then, but... It is true. I mean, it's a I good... just didn't realise how... I'm a relatively positive person. You are? And COVID hasn't actually affected me personally. I'm very fortunate to still have my job. I'm very fortunate that my hours haven't been cut. I'm fortunate no one close to me has been affected. Mm-hmm. Even people that I have close to me in the UK. Mm-hmm. So I can't complain. Mm-hmm. But it's still that constant noise. Yeah. And it's just there. And I thought... I didn't realise how much it was actually weighing you down mm. until you're free of it. Yeah. And then you come back into it and then you're like, I don't want to hear about it anymore. Yeah, I agree. I had uh, a week off and same as you, I went down travelling New South Wales. And just, you forget about it. Yeah. You know, and like you said, I'm not che- checking the news. I'm not watching the, the updates, uh, you know, and I'm just in the moment doing other stuff. And it's so nice. Nice. I could yep. just sat and I read, you know, read a book with a beer in my hand, like just, like just nice. So I agree with you. Um, well, vaccinations aren't that far away. That's a good no, couple of months not. away now. But I think even then, we're just like you're just gonna have to. We're gonna get to a stage where that, and it's easy to say in Australia. I appreciate that because the levels are not as high as like a US or the UK. Oh but, God, no. Um, I just think that. Well, first of all, Melbourne made an arse of it, so it's their own fault because if they'd just done the quarantine thing properly and not dodged it and, and got some and stupid... interviewed people over WhatsApp. And interviewed people <laughs> over WhatsApp and then got old mate who, you know, got lucky five times driving yeah. and then dro- Like, it's nonsense. Had they have done that, they wouldn't be in that position. No. So it's kind of... What annoys me about the Melbourne one is that it's self-inflicted. Yeah, mm. COVID was there, mm. but we were handling it okay. Yeah, yeah. Had you just followed what everybody else was doing, we would have been fine. But then the impact that it's having... I feel bad for people in Melbourne, back into oh, lockdown horrible. again for six weeks. I was talking weeks. to some people in Melbourne that I work with, and they're like... That's mm. crap. I'm it's like, tell them about my weekend. And I was like, uh, yeah. I'll send you pictures. <laughs> this is what the outside world looks like. But the people I've spoken to are like... It's the glimmer of what they were just starting to get out, and they've had it snatched away, and they're going back into lockdown. Horrible. I don't know what I would do, but they have said that lockdown is easier because they got through it the first time, so they know that they can do it. You know what I mean? So I would lose my mind. I think if we had to do it again, yeah, just because it's annoying. Do you know what was annoying about it? It's not the going to the pubs and stuff. I can actually live without. 
like because you can still get outside you can get it's the do you remember what the height when you had to queue outside the supermarket oh, and then God, yeah. you had you had, you go you go and do your booze pickup but you're limited you can only have this and you can only have that all of that not I don't want to go back to that if mm. I want to buy that I want to buy that mm. like all of that nonsense yeah, yeah, oh yeah. you go to the supermarket there's no flour there's no toilet roll or we just baking cakes and wiping our arse <laughs> like I mean what does it say about us there was tons of fruit and veg yeah yeah, yeah. but you just couldn't buy any flour or wipe your arse yeah, it was yeah. just annoying. So that would really do my nut. To get back to that. Yeah, like I went to the supermarket yesterday, got everything I wanted. Mm. Like normal. Yeah. No, if it continues on, we'll be okay, basically, us in New South Wales. We just can't travel outside of the state. <laughs> so no, any know. sort of trips anywhere is gone. I know. Um, my little holiday in November is looking like it might happen either. Well, I thought, we're, weren't you going to Byron for that? That's okay. No, I wasn't. I was going to maybe go Queensland. Oh, that might be off. Yeah. Oh, by then it might be better. That's all right. Yeah, okay. Uh, song of the week. Should we get into that? Yes, please. Song of the week. Stanley's Better Life. Kind of ironic. I really like this. It's really upbeat. It is. It's a really nice song. Made me smile. I listened to it again this morning. Oh, good. Uh, so Stanley's are a four-piece guitar band from Wigan. Uh, Tom on vocals, Jake guitar, Harry bass, and Rob and drums. Uh, yeah, really upbeat and... Uh, Take us to a better life. Stanley's. There is a man I know Who lives on Standard Road He does not like it there Caged in an old armchair Where did the old dreams die? The dust became the forefront of his
think this is going to be one of the biggest laissez we've had. Really? I, I think so. I'm pumped for it. I, uh, so laissez. Because you can't get two further apart albums. Like, just, uh, you know, from the scale of the artist, to the size of the, the band, to the, the sound of the music, to the, the different in ex- difference in expectations. Oh my God, have I gone through the ringer on these. Have you? Mm-hmm. I thought you would. Um, I'm more excited to see what you think, because this is, this is tough. Yeah, well, is it? Oh. So, um... <laughs> We are doing, so Les says this week, just to recap, is The Mariners, um, with their album The Tides of Time, which is an ex-song of the week of ours. Yes. Um, and then On Sunset by Mr. Paul Weller. Oh. So, we'll kick off first with The Mariners. Okay. So, interestingly enough, there are no reviews for this album. None. Apart from one on their Facebook page from a blog called Colours Through the Air. Um, so I'll read out that review. So we could be a quote. We genuinely could be. Okay, let's hope. And I also think, um, yeah, get your album reviewed because it's definitely worth it. Okay. So the Mariners, so this is Colours Through the Air review. The Mariners are a new band from Nottingham, UK. All the other sound is very typical of Liverpool, influenced by the likes of the Beatles, the Laz and the Coral. Absolutely. Their album is gloriously retro. It opens with Send My Love To You, which is a very simple two-minute pop song with 60s psych vibes. Gimme More is a wonderful and echoes is wonderful and echoes the kinks and the zombies. The standout track on the album is Kathy Come Home, which was our song of the week, mm-hmm. and I love it. Which is a superb opening guitar riff, but my favourite overall song of theirs is the B-side She Said So, which is absolute lost gem and well worth checking out as well. Other highlights include Bring Her Back To Me, which has hints of Love's a House is Not a Motel. Dreaming of You is more charming Beatlesque pop, but this never gets old and the band do it well. A strong debut album with many memorable songs. Highly recommended psych pop. So there isn't a lot I can disagree with there. Okay. Um, they definitely do sound like should come from Liverpool, mm-hmm. for sure. There are, oh, look, remember when we did Song of the Week, I think I said, wow, this sounds like it should be in the 60s. Yes. Right? And I said it then, and I'll say it again, and I don't mean that in a bad way. And I don't mean it in a copy way either. I'm mm-hmm. not trying to say that they're copying anyone. Mm-hmm. It's they've just basically got their own twist to that sound, mm-hmm. which actually still sounds fresh and modern. So they've how they've managed to do that, I think, is excellent. It's a really... I really love this album because I love that type of music. Wow. If you think about it, I always... I love the Beatles, yes. anything. I love that type of music that comes out of the 60s. Um... Kathy Come Home, I think, is like I loved it then, and I still do. Um, that are not. I think the only song on the album that I'm not massively fond of is Cup of Tea. <laughs> That's my favourite. Is it really? <laughs> um, I love it. I mean, it's okay. I don't dislike it, but it's probably not as strong as some of the others. Okay. Um, okay. I just love their voice. I love their sound. It's unique, as in nowadays. It's not unique as a sound, so I don't want people to think, get me wrong there, but it's unique now because it's so different to what else, else we're listening to. I agree. What else we hear. So it is gloriously retro. I 
really love it. They've really smashed it out of the park. We loved it as Song of the Week. I hope other people review this album because I really hope this band get more traction. For me, this is a 7.5 out of 10. Wow! Wow, high praise. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, loved it. Loved it. We'll listen to this again, for oh, sure. Wow, wow, jeez. Wow. Okay, so... As you're talking, I'm literally reading my notes, and I'm, I'm pretty much following you word for word, right? So unusual. I th- it's, it's like a little bit of the monkeys, too. Early Beatles. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You'd be hard... <clears throat> you'd be hard-pegged to tell it was made in 2020. This is totally not my thing. This is totally it's not really my not, style really of music. Not. But you find yourself drifting away and tapping your foot, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> is it earth shattering? No. Is it going to blow you away with its musical prowess? No. However, is it unique and fun? Yes. Yeah. Right? Um, it's, I just, I, and I really like Cup of Tea because, you know, when I was working and I was, you know, the sun was shining out the window, I would be listening to this album and then cup of tea would come on and I'd have a cup of tea and I would just look out at the sun listening to this nice music. It was just, it was lovely. Um, I think, where do you go musically from here? Because it's such a unique song. Like, what does it sound your next? Mm. There's no champagne supernova is going to be found Maybe in an album might like this. You might build on it. Maybe. Um, so I think it's a challenge where to next. But same as you, I think this is, uh, I can just picture, you know, being in the UK summer, uh, a late sunny night, a beer on your doorstep, that playing in the background, it's nice. For me, I don't rate it as, as highly as you, but I do really enjoy this album. It's six and a half for me. Boom. Seven and a half and a six and a half. That's good. That's awesome. Hmm. Now um, the big one. Now the big one. So, uh, my pal... Oh, can I just say one more thing about yeah. the Mariners? Their artwork is phenomenal. The front cover of the album's amazing. Oh, their design and the way the vinyl looks and the CDs, they've put so much effort into it and thought. It looks tremendous. So, you know, just seeing all the pictures on, on Twitter and just, you know, just go well done. Buy, buy a copy well of the done. album, well done. go and listen to it. Um, big fan. Yep. Um, so my pal Alex Petridis from The Guardian. Oh, here we go, here we it go. It was his album of the week. Yeah. He gave it four out of five. With enough melodies to appease the feather-cut dad's fan base and enough experimentation to, to shake his own curveball tastes, this is Have Your Cake and Eat It Weller. At one extreme are opener mirrorball and earthbeat. The former goes on for nearly eight minutes and contains shimmering synths that wouldn't sound entirely out of place on a mainstream 2020 pop single. Beach Boys were the harmony vocals, a weird moment where it appears to be shifting into an entirely different tempo before deciding against it. A lengthy free-form interlude that could have come off the aforementioned Ghostbox EP in a lo-fi piano coda. Despite a title that suggests something unspeakable, you might stumble across one of Glastonbury's outlying stages involving a didgeridoo and rapping crusty... Earthbeat is a dramatic reworking of The Willows, a track from Ghostbox co-founder Jim Jupp's 2004 debut. Another curveball comes with Equanimity, which features Jim Lee of Slade on violin and sounds like David Bowie, an artist Weller had paid homage to on True Meanings. Not, it's worth noting, the Bowie of Ziggy Stardust or Lowe, but the Bowie found on his eponymous 1967 debut. The rest lurks somewhere in between offering gentle disruptions of the familiar, 
Moore offers the kind of relaxed sound found on 1993 Wildwood, but underpinned by a taut metronomic bass line that leans towards crowd rock. I love the song Moore. You could be, if you were so minded, more in the sonic shock value of 22 dreams or wake up the nation or indeed raise a quizzical eyebrow at how much the electrical electric piano flight village resembles the kind of relaxed mid-70s rock that bands like the jams, jams set themselves in spiky opposition but you'd have a hard time arguing that on sunset doesn't work as an album held together not just by overriding lyrical theme but uniformly strong melodies as exercises and trying to have your cake and eat it go it's pretty impressive Enemy. Four out of five. <laughs> On Sunset has 26 record. 26. I'll just need you to. 26. 26. Oh my God. Just take that in. Interestingly, before I read this out, when I was away for the weekend, I was talking about Paul Weller because I had the album on. And I was going, this is the, the latest album. And then the conversation got to, oh, so what's Paul Weller done? And I was, well, a ton. And that's annoying. So went through. So then I went through this journey from style council, jam, solo, solo work, yeah, yeah. and you just and I know we covered it when we did the episode on him, two episodes on him, but you just forget. And the the different sounds from the style council to the jam to yeah, solo yeah. work, which you can combine both, to have then released all of these solo albums, yeah, yeah. and then we get this. Mm-hmm. Oofed. Anyway, this warm and experimental release suggests the Modfather's purple patch shows no sign of fading. Even the reflective stuff is innovative. Paul Weller's consistency is a thing to be revered. It has been well over a decade since he recorded a bad song. His befuddled and bland version of All Along the Watchtower, let alone a bad record. Yet in recent years there's been a sense that Weller could still be pushing things a little bit further forwards. He recently told NME that his tastes are getting more and more avant-garde, but for the most part his material has long been relying on established rock, soul and folk. Which is why the first moments of his 15th solo record on Sunset are so thrilling. The opening track Mirrorball is one of the most adventurous things he's ever written, an eight-minute epic that starts with a heavenly drift of soul and then disintegrates into fragmented found sound, where creaking mangled vocals and juddering sub-bass mingle with the sounds of barnyard animals and ghostly applauding crowd. Then Weller emerges from this maelstrom with a rush of soaring melodic pop, piling on more and more texture, a hint of chucking funk. I had to say that carefully. (laughs) Um, Shimmering electronics, scuzzed out guitar solos, even a G-funk whistle until the whole track becomes vast and stunning. In short, one hell of a way to start a record. It might not be quite the experiment opus you feel Weller's hope still holding back, but that feels a churlish complaint when the songs are this well written. There's a lightness of touch and a tenderness at On Sunset's heart that makes a song like Old Father Time the record so full and brass lathered centrepiece on which the 62-year-old stops to take... 62! Stops to take stock of a life oh. spent pushing things forward just that little bit more bitter sweet. I am going to let you start. 62. 62. And you almost did your you did your impression of that lady from Chewing the Fat, the teacher. Oh, that's so good when you do that. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> um, 62. Wow, that's incredible. 26 record. I almost feel like giving them an extra half a point. It's just like, you just think to yourself, it's just... Your 15th solo album, your 26th record, your 62, and then you knock out an album like this. Kevin, please, share your views. <laughs> uh, oh, God, this is... This is why... You know, I talked about this as being a, a pretty big issue I had because I have the Mariners that I enjoy uh-huh. and then you have huge expectations for mm. Weller. You just have huge. And I tell you something, he almost knocked this out of the park. Almost. Right? Oof. Now, Mirrorball, what a song. Oof. What a start. It just, it's so interesting so many different sounds and it takes you in different directions oh yep i'm all in um the first six songs on this album are fantastic Mm -hmm. absolutely all good then it's downhill badly right i would literally it's, it's a flick of the coin it's it's if it was a cassette you would turn the cassette Second app, second side would be rubbish, right? Uh, apart from Rockets, which is the hurrah at the end, I go, Rockets is okay. So it's, I'm really, really torn on this because the first half of this album is absolutely amazing. The second one, you know, Village sounds like the Lighthouse family. Equanimity, that violin is horrible. Walking, I don't like Earthbeat either. Um, so... You know, I just... The song's so beautiful and just classic Weller at his best. And then you get Walking in Equanimity, which just... Mm. Look, you have high expectations going in because it's Weller. And I think that's also hard as Do well. Do you, though? Given some of his other albums. Because well, my expectations weren't that high. Really? Not really. I was like, it'll be all right. He never produces bad music. Well, coming off the episodes that we've just covered... That's probably what I've listened to, the most recent Weller I've listened to, if I've got to be honest. So I've probably covered his best works. Yeah. And then this. So, you know, expectations are high. I definitely get a feel for, you know, this is quite electronic at times. It's sort of that Noel Gallagher sort of sound that it's gone to. Especially the two extra bonus songs. They're very Noel Gallagher-esque. Um... Good, could have been great. Seven out of ten. Oofed. So okay, so it's my turn. Um, oh, the song. Sorry, the song more. I don't think I did it justice there. It's phenomenal. Oh my. It's absolutely stunning. Yeah, back to you. Thank you. <laughs> so mirror ball, what a start? What a start. What a start. So I'm with you. I think you go Mirrorball, Baptiste, Old Father Time Village. More is incredible. And the funny thing was, More was on Spotify before the album. So that's when I was saying. That's I'd the had song, a, yeah. And so then I'd had a taste. And, and I you went, get that and you're like, wow. And I was like, wow, 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 wow. This is going to be amazing. When yeah. is he going to release it? Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Um, on Sunset, the title track's great as well. Which I think On Sunset is traditional yeah. Weller. Yeah, yeah. Like, I like it. Completely like traditional it. Weller. Yeah. I can see why it's the title track. Equanimity for me is the worst song on the album, mm-hmm. but Earthbeat's amazing. No. What a smiley put song. I love it. Makes me so happy. Okay. Like, genuinely love it. Okay. There is not really, apart from Equanimity, there is not a bad song on this album. I love it. 
Do you not find that, Do you not think there's two sides to this album? Do you there not? are two sides, yeah. But okay. I think that we do this with every album. Every artist has the first. We always go, oh, in the first five they were amazing, and then it drops off. How many times on this podcast have we said that? Yeah. Mm. Every week. Okay. So. But I still think there are songs in there that kind of still balance it. Okay. Because for me personally, Equanimity is the only skipper, like, as in skip. Okay. Um, I have listened to this album so oh, I reckon many times. Um, you know, it's a two and a half hour drive down the coast. I reckon I got played for a good hour and forty five minutes. Because <laughs> um, I was doing research. Yeah, yeah, that's what it um, was. No, no, I've got to listen to it again. Yeah, you've got to listen to it, to it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's research. Um, so then, <laughs> I am a huge fan of this album. It's so lovely to have a Paul Weller album back that I really love. More is one of the best songs I've heard in such a long time. And we're going to play it. Okay. For people to hear. Okay. Um, eight out of ten. Okay. All right. I thought you'd go a bit higher than that. Nah. <laughs> punchy um, it's an 8 out of 10 album okay because it's not up there with a 9 out of 10 it's not one of his best works um, um yeah okay. but it's a it's a great album yeah and for someone who's just pumping out like like to have this your 15th soul album you can still produce music like this you can still which is yeah. different but you've got classic Weller in it you've got this different sound correct he uses so many sounds like even the sounds on more different noises different sounds and they all work so well he knows a melody. There's no one that knows a melody better than Paul Weller. <sighs> 62. I can't get over that. And his that. voice hasn't... Oh, no. His voice is still awesome. Yeah. And he's a chain smoker. You know, and he's still... Probably got... why. He's such <laughs> a great voice. Uh, so we'll play Paul Weller more? Yes, please. Cool. Thank you. 
scaling trees, pushing upwards to the sky. You can look wide out this mind. Nothing comes and nothing. Dreaming of a place where I find such happiness, but little care.
it's a really good week for homework. I enjoyed both of those albums. Yeah, I did too. I did too. Very different, very yep. unique to each other. But um, yeah, so what's next? So, what's next? So we have. Going to shake it up a wee bit. Oh, shake it. Do you remember last year we had our little uh, Mercury Prize award? Who won? Who did that one? Dave. Oh, yeah. So the shortlist did he go on? Did he go on to become pretty big after we told him he was Yeah, he won the award. Oh, he actually won the award? Yeah. Oh, so it wasn't because we said he He won ours and he won it. Oh. Well, probably he got big because of... Yeah, anyway, carry on. Did he win ours? Yeah, he did. Um... Are you sure it wasn't The Falls? No, it wasn't The Falls. No. Oh, was it Little Sims? It was Little Sims. Yeah, because you didn't score Dave High. I no, I didn't. Like the, yeah, it was Little Sims. Right. Um, okay, so this year's shortlist got announced yesterday. Any good? Um, I haven't seen it. Well, interestingly enough, three of the albums we've already reviewed for homework. Nice. So Who have we covered? We've covered... So I'll read... So Porridge Radio. They've been nominated. I, we, we, I like them. Yeah, you did. Did I? Yes. Oh. Um, Laura Marling. Oh, you give that a 9 out of 10. Yep. And Sports Team. Oh, yeah, okay, cool. So I'll read out the list. So the shortlist is Porridge Radio with Every Bad, Dua Lipa. No. The, you know, the pop star. With Dua fe- Lipa? Yeah. The one that does. Um, oh, um. Oh, you would know it. I can't sing any of her songs. I'll play it to you later. With her album Future Nostalgia, Laura Marling's song for her daughter, Sports Team Deep Down Happy, um, Canoe Hoodies All Summer, Anna Meredith with Fibs, uh. Georgia Seeking Thrills, Lanterns on the Lake, Spook the Herd, Moses Boyd, Dark Matter, Charlie XCX, How I'm Feeling Now, Stormzy, How Heavy Is the Head, and Michael... Kiwanuka with the album Kiwanuka. He was actually going to be homework. And really? I really swayed on it because it's not indie, but he's British, obviously. And I, I remember I talked about him because he does the title track to Big Little Lies, you know, the show? Yes, you did talk about him. And so I was like, oh, will I put it in, will I not? Well, I get to know anyway. You get to do it anyway. So the... When's, when's the winners get announced? Because... September. So we've got that time, remember. So, so how take... many episodes, how many do we need well, to do we've done three already. We'll do two. We still need to do two. Yeah. We'll still get there. All right, cool. Um, we, what was I going to say? You've put me off now. Sorry. Oh, so it's the it's a very female led list okay. this year, okay. which is great. Um, and we've obviously covered three of the albums. I already know who I'd want to win, but um, that's fine. So a lot of pop in it though. So there's been a lot of criticism oh, because yeah. Charlie X C X Georgia and Dua Lipa are pretty poppy um, there's a there's a jazz one in there yes um, and then there's a classical one from a Scottish artist as well so oh. we've got a real mixed bag um, so what are we doing we're, so the next week we'll kick it off and we're going to do um, Canu or Canu with Hoodies All Summer and Michael Kimanuka with his album lovely alright um, cool yes uh, I'll need to go back and pull the ratings for the previous yeah because they'll stand Okay, all right, so we're not doing them again. Not doing it again. Okay, cool. I mean, I'm quite happy to do Laura Marling again. Well, I don't think you... Well, you were questioning whether... You were going to give her a 10. I really was. And I've listened to it, and I regret not giving her a 10. Are you serious? I'm pretty certain it's a 10. Oh, wow. Like, I just can't fault it. I've played it to tons. I had people around for dinner the other day, and I played it, and I said, this is the most amazing album I've heard. Because it's flawless. Okay. 
I mean, the thing is with the 10, it's not a definitely maybe, I get that, but I can't fault it. I don't go, mm, I don't like that song, or it's crap, or, oh, I wouldn't, I'd skip that. The whole album still, for me, is flawless. And the more I listen to it, the more the, the lyrics stand out in the songwriting, and I just... So, look, I know it's not unbiased, but I hope she wins it. But... <laughs> I mean, I don't know yet, because I haven't listened to some of these albums. I mean, some of them might take my breath away. Hmm. Um, but we'll see. Okay. Shall we get into this week's album? Yes. Duran Breaks, The Optimist. Les, why'd you pick this? I picked this because... Well, there's loads of reasons. So, I love this album, and it reminds me... I think when I think of that decade, this is one of the ones that stand out, mm-hmm. along with, as in that I listened to them. I don't actually know if it was a big album. I'm not actually sure if it was hugely popular. But a friend of mine at uni introduced me to the album, and it was just such a studenty type album, I felt. Yeah, yeah. I um, and fit with that time of my life, and I just loved it. Probably the same feelings for that as I did for Love Is Here by Star Sailor. Mm-hmm. Same sort of time, same... Mm-hmm. Um, era mm-hmm. um, and I just think it's just beautiful acoustic music I mean it's a low key album it there's is. no mm-hmm. bangers there's no well there's one maybe but there's no heavy hitters it's not an in your face album it's going to appeal to some it's not going to, to others and I understand but I think for the albums that came out in that decade for me personally this one will always stand up and always be there for me okay alright so let me tell you how big the album was so uh, came out the 5th of March 2001. This is their debut album. What followed it was Ethersong uh, in March 2003. The label was Source and it was recorded at Conk Studios in London. Uh, they produced the album themselves, yep. which is pretty cool. Uh, so 12 tracks, uh, 51 minutes. There is a secret track. Don't know why it's there. Number 27 it got to. Yeah, right. And how long was it in the charts, Les? 31 weeks. 24. Oh, I was going to say 25. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the charts like in 2001? Uh, number 10, Eminem, the Marshall, Marshall Mathers LP, which you had. Yeah, I did have. Oh, God, I just can't see that. Number 9, you did have this as well, Onka's Big Mocha. I didn't t- have this. I'm sure. I only had the Achilles Seal single, so how about you take that? <laughs> <laughs> you admitted that you had a top loader single. I love Achilles Seal. I'll, I'll stand by it's that. It's a great song. Born to Do It by Craig David. Did you have that? I really did not. I did not. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these charts are sounding very old. And then you get Reptile by Eric Clapton. We have never spoken about Eric Clapton. We really haven't, have we? I don't think I've ever... I mean, he's very, very talented. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Thanks. You two, All That You Can Leave Behind. I had that. Wasn't that the one that they pushed to everyone on their no. Apple? The I, no. There wasn't even iPhones then. Two thousand one. No. Oh. So you had a U two album. I've got loads of them. I only got pop, I think. This is this is the one that's got. Um... Cool. No, it's not. Not that kind by Anastasia. I uh, didn't have that. Uh, White Ladder by David Gray is Did still in the charts. So sad news. He's coming to Australia. I bought tickets to yeah, see yeah, him play I remember. this. Yeah. Um. But I won't be... So then he's rescheduled the date mm-hmm. and I will hopefully be on holiday. So I've asked Ticketek for a refund. I've yet to hear. Yeah, what are they doing in that instance? 
Well, they said if you can't make the date, let us know. Okay. And I'll let them know. Okay. Parachutes by Coldplay. Had that. Songbird by Eva Cassidy. Had that. Oh, we've spoken about that album. Have you ever listened yes. to that? Yes, you made me listen to it. It's a lovely voice. Uh, and Dido, No Angel. So in 2001, there's a lot of 90s, late 90s albums that's still in the charts. Singles, though, get ready for these bad boys. Number 10. Oh, number 10, Shit On You by D12. Didn't have that. No? Didn't even know it. It's a classic. Is it? <laughs> what does that even get? Nobody Wants To Be Lonely by Ricky Martin and Aguilera. Oh. Miss Jackson by Outkast. Oh, what a great song. Always Come Back To Your Love by Samantha Mumba. Oh, no. I'm like a bird. Nelly Furtado. I had that album. <laughs> Teenage Dirtbag by Weetus. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> it's one of the worst songs ever written. I hate it so much. Like, so much. What's wrong with it? I hate it. Uh, number four, Clint Eastwood by The Gorillas. Number three, mm. Hole Again by Atomic Kitten. Oh. It Wasn't Me by Shaggy. Oh. <laughs> and number one, Uptown Girl by Westlife. That's an outrage. Outrage? It's a crap song in the first place. And it's even worse by those clowns. You really hate them, don't you? Westlife? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You were more of a Westlife fan, weren't you? No, Westlife. I hate Westlife. Boys own all of them. I hate boy bands. All boy bands. Not take that. Early take that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Should we talk about Turin Bricks then? Yes, please. All right. Better than Westlife. I hate one. Uh, so I got a lot of information from a website called TurinBreaks.nl. So it's Stefan from the Netherlands. Wow. Um, I've seen a lot of fan websites, right? Yeah. This guy, Stefan... It's it's probably better than Turin Break's actual website. Yeah, it right. is just he just loves the band. He's pulled them apart, wrote about everything, keeps up to date. And so if you like Turin Break's, go to his website. So uh, I stole a lot from it. So thank you, Stefan. It was really helpful. So Ollie Knights and Gail and I have been so nervous about saying his surname. Can you say it? Yeah, Parajanian. Yes. Uh, Parajanian yeah okay let's go with that I actually looked for interviews where the presenter was actually like welcoming them and I was like I'll, I'll find it and they'll say like here's Ollie Knight and the, none of them said it no presenters ever said his surname and I was like ah, <laughs> uh, so they've been best mates since childhood uh, they met playing football at the age of 8 in their neighbourhood of Balham in London just like us just like us 10, playing football. You were snapping bam. <laughs> <laughs> they grew up listening to their parents' records collections. Artists such as Leonard Cohen, Suzanne Vega, Joni Mitchell and Bob Dylan. Ollie preferred listening to Joni Mitchell. I spent years listening to Joni and Leonard Cohen from a very early age. I wasn't always sure what they were saying, but they still made me feel extremely emotional. That's heavy music for a kid, right? It really is. It's really deep music for a kid. I knew these people were confessing fears and ideas in a beautiful way. They were painting pictures with words. I'm attempting something similar, I guess. Musically, what me and Gail do is quite organic. It has something to do with our relationship. It's an instinctive thing. Now, it's probably not now to talk about it, but their writing is amazing. Yeah. And what I really find is that you think they're singing about something beautiful, 
and actually they're not. So a lot of it, you're like, this is such a beautiful song. And then when I look into the lyrics, I'm like, ooh, that's quite, that's quite harsh and dark. Yep. So we'll get into that a little bit later on. Uh, so Ollie, we went on a school trip and everyone had to do a play. We cut out two cardboard guitars and drew strings on them and sang Johnny Be Good. We either wanted to be rock stars or ninjas. And apparently they discovered that the instructor at their ninjutsu lessons in South London was a fake and had been teaching them made-up moves. Amazing. (laughs) I love the fact that you can get lessons in how to be a ninja. What could possibly... Like the turtles. Back to the turtles again, eh? (laughs) Uh, so, uh, So when they were 10... Um, at primary school, uh, Gail coerced Ollie into auditioning for the Cathedral Choir because, quote, you get to sing in front of the Queen. They both made it into the choir and this is where they actually learned to sing properly. Were you ever in the choir, Leslie? Was I ever in the choir? Was I? Part of me thinks yes. I don't think so. Were you? I was in some choir. I remember singing something. You were singing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song on your Casio keyboard. Maybe it was that. Uh, So three times a week for several years, including all day on Sundays, the result was that they did get to sing for the Queen. That happened at the memorial service for the Marchioness disaster. Marchioness disaster. What was that? Do you remember that? Um, The story goes that Ollie and Gail were forced to leave the choir, but according to Ollie himself, that isn't true. We didn't actually get chucked out as such, says Ollie. All these old fellas used to sit at the back and one day one of them actually pulled my hair. So I just lost it. After a week after that, I said, listen guys, you've been here for five years. Well done. Here's five pounds. <laughs> well. But it was about then we discovered beer and all our mates were out playing football and skateboarding and sleeping. Um, so for when they were 10, for their Christmas, they got electric guitars. When they were 10... Wow. Do you remember what you got for your 10th birthday? Uh, I actually think I got a skateboard. I probably got a skateboard too. I remember what it looks like. It was a horrendous, you know, the old school one with the padding all the way around the underneath. I had a really cool one. I don't remember. And it was like on the bottom of it, it was like kind of graffiti and it was like a kind of like alien type thing. Oh, cool. And I was like really surprised why I got it. But then I recognised it because it was actually my mum and dad's friend's daughters. And I went, that's the same as... Oh. And then she was like, mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Then you get older and you go, I see what you did there. <laughs> Can't believe you got me the same one. That's not... Cool. Brilliant. Brilliant. So then they went in different directions. Ollie enrolled at film school while Gail left for Canada. And he was playing in another band which had gone to Toronto to try and get signed. It was when Ollie was working on a film score for his student film project that the two started making music together. Ollie asked Gail to put some guitar down for some demos on a digital four track originally intended for mixing film soundtracks. And he was easily persuaded to return. From one of these sessions came to the origins of their first ever release, The Door EP. When did you, is this the, did you first hear about them on this album or? Because yes. it had quite a following before it ever came out. No, this was my introduction to them for sure. I didn't know anything about them before. Heaps of EPs. Yeah, um, no, I didn't. 
So Ollie graduated from film school and on the nights when they were free, the two of them had been getting together in their bedrooms and playing, singing, jamming, improvising. But now with more time on their hands, these soirees, soirees, oh, oh fancy, beca- became long, drunken, howling at the moon session, says Ollie. This artist lived in the house at the other end of my garden and we really used to piss him off, singing out of the window. Every Friday and Saturday night we used to get drunk and sing weird songs about whiskey. I was like, you on Saturday night, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> uh, after graduating, I felt a little bit lost and I began writing songs in a guitar. These songs felt very close to my filmic ideas as they had developed. They seemed more successful in communicating these films than film had, perhaps because they were more immediate and less intellectual. Uh, so they went to New York uh, and uh, they continued developing the atmospheric music from the film score by combining the two forms. I guess it was around this moment that Turin Breaks was born, we had no name. Although we had no name. Gail was developing a really cool mixture of slide, rhythm and lead guitar which slipped into these songs perfectly. It gave them a very distinct atmosphere. Uh, where do you think the name Turin Breaks come from? Um, don't know. The city? A lot of people thought that actually. I was like, ah, what? Yeah, yes, but no. A lot. So... Uh, they tried a whole bunch of names and eventually Turin Break stuck. Also thrown around was Melancholy Crack. Mm. Tired, fl- tired Fly. Mm. Hmm. Uh, it doesn't mean absolutely anything. So they didn't choose the name uh, because Turin was their favourite uh, city. Um, they hadn't even been to Turin. Um, or they have, you know... They like brakes on a car or anything like that. They just because thought... it's spelt that way. Yeah. It's not spelled like brakes, as in I bro- it's broken or I... correct. Can I break it? Uh, so yeah, they stuck with Turin brakes because they thought it sounded good. Uh, they did a gig under an alias called Slightly Fat in two thousand and five. I think that's a pretty good name for a band. Uh, Gail, we thought up many terrible names, but this one stuck. We liked its openness. It felt like we could move anywhere under this name. Back to the door. So The Door by E. Biter and Breaks was released on August 99 on Anvil Records with only a thousand copies printed. We didn't think we would do it would do what it did. We hoped we could stick around with Anvil and maybe get a little album out. But after we started doing gigs officially and suddenly there were reviews appearing and stuff, it was a gig at the 12 bar where they really started to feel the sea of change. We went to see another band and suddenly over the speaker system the door started playing and it was really weird because we hadn't really thought about it at all. Then they said this band are called Turing Breaks and they're playing here in three weeks time and we were like what? And sure was there was a flyer there. Um, It's pretty cool. After that, they started playing regularly at the Heavenly Social and everything went crazy. Record labels such as Moax, Skint. Skint would be an interesting pick for them. Skint. Because Skin in the late 90s was all about electronic, big beat. Mm. Very, very different. Um, uh, the French label Source, that's who the band actually signed to. So they released The State of Things on 31st of July 2000, uh, two weeks before their debut appearance at Leeds and Reading festivals. It was at these gigs that Ollie and Gail became a fully integrated band for the first time, up until it had just been there, the two of them and a couple of guitars. By the end of the summer, Turin Breaks returned to the studio, buoyed with the gradual rise of recognition, and in that September would record some music to be put on the third EP to be released that year, the Fight or Flight EP, another EP. <laughs> so then they re-released The Door again 
Uh, it didn't get into the charts. It got to number 67 in 2001. But they started to get lots of airplay and lots of good reviews. And then they released The Optimist. Um, so uh, this is from the writer of the uh, website that I've been pillaging from, right? This is what he thinks about The Optimist. So The Optimist LP is an album full of expression, self-observation, emotion, and so many thoughts. And it's something you can come back to time and time again. And still you find that it has magic. The wonder of being able to make you feel uplifted. Whether you're chilling out on a hot day or need something for those cold womb tonights, this is an album for all seasons. Many CDs you tire of and end up at the back of the shelf, but this one has defied the laws of lastability. Never failing to draw your attention to the magnitude of all these crushing, soothing, soaring vocal chords, not least forgetting the absolute dexterous beauty and precision of the guitar work. If this isn't perfection, then it isn't bloody far off. How do you feel about that? Um, I agree with a lot of that. Okay. I absolutely do. I do. It's just a beautiful album. Okay. What do you think uh, Pitchfork thought about it? Oh, no. Mm. Well, they can go one or two ways, can't they? They can. I actually think that they wouldn't have minded this album. I think what they would have probably said, something along the lines of, it's probably a little bit... Um, like acoustic a bit bland, but it adds a bit something different than your average. Okay. If I sum it up. 7.7 from Pitchfork. Wow, that's higher than I thought. Mm -hmm. After a spell of listening to the Optimist LP, I shamefully boarded the plane to Ireland. There on the green grassy runway were two young men playing acoustic guitars. It's weird. Sure enough, it was Turin Breaks. I grabbed one. It was Gail. Shook him and demanded... Are you trying to con me? I really like your songs, but are you going to bore the pants off my millions of readers? Gail said, no, it's the real deal. Sure, we're secretly Irish folkies, but we threw in some drums and the songs will stay good. Enjoy yourself. And then he smiled and I melted. Wow. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? That's hectic. So um, they got nominated for the Mercury Prize. I'll run through them. So we got Stories from the City, Stories from the Sea, which won by PJ Harvey, which we covered, which was an awesome episode. Yep. Amnesiac by Radiohead. Oh no. Asleep in the Back by Elbow. Felt Mountain by Goldfrapp. Wow. Gorillas by Gorillas. Apparently they're not, they, uh, Gorillas actually asked to be withdrawn from the contest. Because so they, they knew they weren't going to win. Maybe. Here Be Monsters by Ed Harcourt. The Optimist, obviously. Rings Around the World by, Rings Around the world by the Super Furries. Rooty by Basement Jacks. Salt Rain by Shushila Raman. Simple Things by Zero Seven. What a list. Tom McRae by Tom McRae. Wow. So... Music was so good at one time. <laughs> so after and this... And now we've got Dua Lipa this year. Just want to throw that out there. Oh. Yeah, Charlie you, XCX, you just played me a bit there. TFG, or bit rough. So after this, Etha Song, 2003, got to number four. Didn't like this as much. Still got some really good songs. Yeah, long yeah, long yeah. distance, a belter of yeah. the songs. Beautiful. Didn't like it as much, you say? Liked but, it, not as much. Okay. Did you know they did a late night DJ Tales mix as well? Yes. Did you? I have it. You have it? I have it. I'm sure I've got it. It's not on Spotify, Australian or Spotify. It, it's the only one that isn't for some reason, which is really annoying. Is it good? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Jack in the Box in 2005. It's got to number nine. 
This is my favourite Turin Briggs album. Really? Yeah, because that was my first exposure to Turin Briggs. Our mate Andrew used to hammer this all the time. All the time he used to play that album. And um, I really like it. But, I mean, anyway. What did you do? You didn't think Jack in the Box? What do you think of the rest of their albums, basically? Oh, all good. All good? Like, I like Jack in the Box. Um... Maybe it's just sentimental reasons, but I just think that this album is their like, head and shoulders their best. Oh, really? Not even like a little bit, like bang. Oh, okay. Hmm. And I, maybe it's just my journey with them. Yeah. And I didn't find them later. But this album, maybe because it means a lot to me. But the, I think because this album, and we'll get to it, is because it's so simple mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's so unique. Mm-hmm. It doesn't venture... There's only one song, really, like... And we'll get into the tracks, like, Save Me. Um, even sounds remotely charty. Mm-hmm. That is special. Mm-hmm. The other ones then verge into a bit more... Well, their second album did... And not, I'm not going to say mainstream, it's a bit hectic, but... There were a bit more... They didn't have the same depth, I thought. There wasn't the same amount of emotion in the songs. They were a bit more mm. accessible and a bit... They were fine mm-hmm. and they're good mm-hmm. because they are solid musicians and they're oh, they excellent are. songwriters. So you can't ever sit here and tell me that they're crap or they're... Because you can't. But for me, I just... They never reached the same depth of song and the melodies in the song and the way... The albums never captured me the same. Yeah. They don't. Yeah, it's an interesting one because they don't. After Jack in the Box, they just didn't seem to. And maybe it's a exposure as well because they didn't do as strongly as they did originally, sort of chart wise, which maybe meant they didn't get played as much. So you know, two thousand and seven, Dark on Fire, number thirty six. In two thousand and eight, so that the band also write for a lot of artists as well. Uh, they wrote for Take That on the album The Circus. Oof. I like that album. I like, really? Yeah, I just... I don't know. I, I like to... When Take That reformed, for some reason, I don't know. I just... I really liked so it. Strange. So weird. I can't explain it. Um, I'm not proud of it either. I'm actually, like, deeply ashamed about well, it. And you should be. Yeah, I know. I'm not proud of okay, it. Okay, good. But I'm uh, glad you're talking about it, though. <laughs> First stage is acknowledging it's like, yeah, a problem. I'm, yeah, and you've done that. So that's good. We can take it offline. Yeah, uh, 2010 Outburst 64 2012 Ollie did a solo album I'm not sure if you knew that If Not Now When uh, Unfortunately we don't have access to it here But he did it 2013 We Were Here 2016 Lost Property 2018 Invisible Storm All roughly charting in the 30 to 40 mark So when was the last time you listened to anything recent from Turin? So a couple of years ago and I'll tell you why So I was up the road from me is a place called it's now called Holy Moly, which is like this indoor golf nonsense. It's amazing though, I like but Holy Moly, but I've yeah. never been. You never no. been, you need to go. I've never been. Practice your parting, mate. I've never been. So okay. Holy Moly is a pub that has been converted into a crazy golf. Like is it crazy golf? Yeah, yeah. crazy golf, right? And so there's lots of these weird, wonderful, you know, holes to, to putt in and you just get tanked while you play it. It's brilliant. I've never been. Okay. So, um, yeah, we should. Anyway, holy moly. Anyway, before that, it was a... um, It was a pub, right? It was a pub, but had live music upstairs. 
And I swear it would hold tops 100 people, I reckon. Yeah. And then I was in the pub at the bottom because down, so they had bands that would play upstairs and that wouldn't really be open unless there were bands playing, but downstairs it was just like a normal pub. And I was down there one day and there were posters on the wall of all the bands that were coming and it was always bands that were never really huge and you'd go, oh yeah. And then I was just standing and I saw it and it was tuning breaks mm-hmm. and they were going to be playing there. Mm-hmm. And it was like 40 bucks a ticket. Mm. And I was like, that's insane. So, obviously, jumped on a few beers in, got some tickets, happy as it's a five minute walk from my house. So, before I went to see them, I kind of tried to obviously reintroduce, I knew this album back to front and the next two, but then to treat and reintroduce myself to their music. So, that was when I actually dug into some of this other stuff. Okay. And they're a great band. Um, and went to see them. I was literally to the band from was it just here two, to the door. Was it just the two of them or was it the a band? band? Okay. Um, and they played, they weren't playing anything in particular, it was just like they were all of their tracks. Got it. So they played a lot from The Optimist, they played a lot mm-hmm. um, from other albums. But it was just so strange because seeing them that close. You expect them to be a big band, big, and, big yes, support. It was like tiny, I reckon you could, it was like. But that would have been better, right? It was amazing. Yeah. Because the time before that, where I saw them live, um, was at Tea in the Park, mm-hmm. and I went to see them myself. I wasn't at Tea in the Park myself, but my mates were like, what is that? <laughs> like, it was like, that's your, they used to call it, I used to like, suicide, they called it suicide music, because oh. it was like, deeper than Westlife. So, <laughs> and they would be like that, you're in your room listening to suicide music. No, I'm listening to music. Actual music. You don't know what that is, but that, this is music. They're like, uptown girl. Yeah, they're <laughs> So and I went well. Tune and breaks because it was at the height of this album, Mm -hmm. and I was like, I've got to see them. I've got to see them. Okay. And I went to the, I went to go and see them live at Teen the Park myself. Mm -hmm. Had a couple of beers, and then was standing there and got chatting to the couple of people next to me Mm. who also got a sneeze. I'm not. Um, Well, hell. Thank you. Who. Then I got chatting to them, and it was the same deal. They were from Edinburgh, and they loved it. They were a couple, and they were lovely. Um, and they gave me some of their drinks. So we stood and had a drink together, which was lovely. And then, obviously, made it better, um, because I didn't have any um, beer on me. Well, I didn't. I was a, I was a student. It was poor. So anyway... And then we just got chatting about it, and they really loved them, and they yeah, were talking yeah. about the whole thing. And okay. so it really made it amazing. And then when they finished, it was just like, maybe see you later on. Yeah, cool. And then you just go off. Aww. And I met my friends, and they were like, how was your suicide music? <laughs> and I was like, it was actually really good. <laughs> um, I don't know what they went to see, probably something rubbish. but um, So that was my two experiences of seeing Turing Breaks. So nice. I won on this, and they weren't on a huge stage at Tea in the Park, mm. but there were still loads of people around, and it was really at the height. And I just remember thinking, all the different instruments they play was amazing. Mm-hmm. But then seeing it up close, oh, that'd be amazing. Like the talent. So yeah, that's all. That, all of those stories, though, and stories of listening to them as a student, and that all builds into why I still love this album yep. because it just takes me back. It's like yeah, I hear yeah. it and I'm instantly there. Yeah. Okay. Um. And none of the albums, other real albums, really do that for me. Okay. Shall we get into the album then? Yes. All right. So it kicks off with Feeling Oblivion. Beautiful. Not my usual. 
It's not a punch in the face. It's not a punch. It's definitely but not. It's that stunning. It's a song. smooth like that, caress. Just that that no- noise at the beginning. It's just amazing. You hear it and you know who it is. Yeah. Well, I th- I think um, his voice is is stunning. Yeah. It's 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 quite unique and it just. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Um, Lyrics-wise, so don't leave me here on my own. If things get real, promise to take me somewhere else. By the time fear takes me over, will we still be rolling and feeling oblivion? Sell your monkey. I think it is about having the perfect summer just inside your head, doing whatever you want and nothing matters. Um, A lot of people think this is about drugs, but I I, I didn't sort of take go straight to that anyway. I've never thought that. No. Naive. Uh, <laughs> uh, so feeling oblivion, I think there's a lovely start to the album. I actually think it's gorgeous. Play it? Yes, please. Not your pick, though? No. Okay, all right. Like a man with glasses Catching a sunbeam And burning the skin of a kid Hyperreal fragments Disturbing the stagnance of all Underdog, brackets, save me. This is probably the one that everyone knows. I doubt anyone listening to this podcast hasn't heard this song before. Even if they're not familiar with this album. Yeah. I reckon they'll have heard this before. Yeah, yeah, um, And I think this is the song that got me into them. Because I'm sure they must have obviously released this and it was big. And, mm-hmm. and it got me really into it. It's a beautiful song. I own, I still... I don't grow, It doesn't grow old. Um, no, it doesn't And when actually. I saw it live both times, you're just like, wow... It's just such a lovely song. Mm. But it's the, this is the one where I think is their most accessible, charty type song. Um, Funny you say that. Number 39 in the charts. So you think it didn't... Uh, yeah, it's not going to be top 10, top of the pop stuff. But it's probably the one that you would probably hear... I bet your Radio 1 played it. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it's like yeah. that track. Got it. Whereas yeah. some of the others, they wouldn't. Yeah, okay. Um, not my song, but want to play it. I really enjoy it. Cool. You? Yeah, yeah I, I, it's not my song, but yeah, I really enjoy it. Like, the chorus on this is just excellent. The guitar at two and a half minutes is just, it's brilliant. It's just absolutely gorgeous stuff. Oh, please save me, save me for myself. I can't be the only one stuck on the shelf. Aww. You said you'd always fall for the underdog. <gasps> Video's pretty cool. They get broken down. It looks like an, on an American highway and it's it just keeps, it's like Groundhog Day. They keep breaking, breaking down over and over and over again. Um... So not my song, not your song, but it is fantastic. So underdog.
Emergency 72. I really love this song. 72. I don't. 72. What do you like about it? 72, yeah. Just follows on. I think it's... um. You can just call me, you know. Oh, I love it. I don't know. It's just a really beautiful song. I think it fits. It's like three lovely... Oh, no, it, the flow of it is fine. Like, I think the flow's good. Um, it got to number 41. The video is... Them, it's actually them playing in a studio on a couch. It's, it actually sounds exactly how you would expect it to look. But the 72, the repetition of the 72, 72. for me, that's... I just... It doesn't gel with me. Aww. I don't know. It doesn't... But I, look, it's not a bad song. It's nice. It's a simple song. Um, Paper Girl. Uh, she's put ah it's not about emergency contraception I saw them talking briefly about this song and it's actually about the breaking down of Ollie's relationship it all happened over the space of 72 hours basically and it's about the breaking down process he felt out of control and it was completely out of his hands Uh, do you want to play emergency 72 please all right 72 Well, all my lust comes down to dust Can't you see Future boy. Skip. Ooh. Always has. Always really? Will. Yeah, don't like it. No, I skip it. I, I've put, I like the way it builds and the lyrics no, are I crazy. Don't. I don't like it. But it's not bad. My friends have all gone and left me, so I decided to come here and see myself as a baby. But it looks like I'm stuck here this time. Oh shit, I'm going to miss my friends. No, still your future boy. I think the song is about someone who's in touch with a bunch of junkies. But he wouldn't join uh, join them, so he left them. He found new friends, but sometimes it all depends on how tall they are against yourself. The main character back in time rep- represents him looking back on his life and deciding when he was happier. Uh, so we're not going to play that. No, thank you. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I really don't like it. I didn't see that coming at all. All right, what's next? The door. Talk to me about this. The door is back in the game. <laughs> Back in the game I think this is This is just The thing is It's hard to describe These songs Or talk about them so much Because the thing is They're very understated You can't go Oh It's a belter Oh it punched me in the face It's I feel this is a How can I explain this This is one of these albums Where all of the Songs Merge into one And I don't mean that In a bad way mm-hmm. I mean the, the, This album is Kind of oh, it's, How do you explain it some albums we go, not a really good track, that was a punch in the face, that's a belter of a track. Well, this is more of their quieter tracks. All of the tracks are similar tempo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you can, they kind of take you on that journey. Mm-hmm. Future Boy is the only part of the journey where I go, oh, don't want to be on it. Um, <laughs> um, and Skip. So it's hard for me to call out 
because like most times I'd say, well, it's filler, but it's not filler. It's like the album needs these tracks because they're beautiful, but they're not so different from the others. I'm really not explaining this well or selling it to people. But for me, this album's always been one that I put on and I let play. Sometimes if I'm near something, I would skip Future Boy. Got it. But I don't ever notice sometimes the track's changing. I just want to be in that album's journey. Yeah, okay. I want to be immersed into the album. Uh-huh. Whereas other albums, I'm like that, mm, nah, yeah, nah, maybe change it. I can even shuffle it, like whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this album, you need to play in that way. Mm. And this is one of the tracks that, I don't know, is special to the album, but I don't know. I don't know. Am I making any sense? (laughs) I don't know. You were, and then you weren't, and then you were again, and you lost me at the end. Right, so release it. Don't take the first road and get going now. I mean, all the songs are beautiful. I don't know what you, you've got this puzzle. Go, what, I don't know where you get. I think this is a gorgeous. It's an excellent, it is, excellent song. Panic at the quiet time. One of my favourites on the album is this. It's not my song, mm-hmm. but it's hard to tell you why. This is my point. It's not like I'm like that. That's their knock out the park song. That's their. I mean, future, but to part that. There's none of the other songs you go, that's their big track, that's their slow track. You know how everyone's got, that's their slow track, yeah. that's their fun. They don't have that. Hmm. This album doesn't have that. No. And that's what I'm saying. But yeah, each yeah. track is beautiful in their own way. For me, the beauty of this track is the that chorus bit. I panic at the quiet times. And then it takes you on another. Yeah. I thought I'm good with that. That's, okay, yeah. You're really stressed out about that for a while. Yeah, because I was not doing it justice, but I know what I mean. So, number 67, didn't do too well, but the video is fantastic. The video, they are children's entertainers, but they're wearing these really horrible, sort of creepy costumes in front of these weird kids. Uh, It's just, it's a very, very unusual, dark video, and it just matches the the song itself. Uh, I've, yeah, really like this. Uh, So, let's play from the door. My soul still feels like it dies. I'll panic at the quiet times. Decisions at the door. I'll panic at the quiet times. Fate leads me to much more. things oh no oh no this song's amazing it needed a pickup I think and I think they delivered it with this song but much even not too pace. much of a pickup yeah no 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 just a little bit of a That's faster I mean. pace a little bit it's nice placing you and me so a sad song 
I think. Okay. And I look, I don't know what other people think, or I've not looked at song meanings or anything for mm-hmm. that, but my take on this music, is ba- of this song, is basically, I don't think they're going to make it. They want to, but they're just not going to. <laughs> don't you think? Yeah. Like it's coming to the end, and they know it, and it's a conversation. That's how I've always thought about this song. Uh, this person, who is it? It's um, Revioli, um, basically has put, the world keeps turning round despite you and I, quote. I think this line sums up the song. It seems sometimes that things going on in your life are the only important thing to you, but you need to remember that the world continues regardless of what's happening in your life and that you're such a small part of the world, so it puts our petty problems into perspective. So it's about the bigger picture. Um, I love the the sort of pace change here. It feels a little bit Gomez-y. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. This was going to be my pick, but you stole it. Because it's mine, <laughs> and it's my album. So, <laughs> bow So, anything else you want to say before State of Things? Why did you pick this song, then? I mean, you've talked pretty highly about the other songs. Why this one? Oh, but I think because you're right, change of pace, but it's just the, the hook in it, the lyrics, I feel it's just beautiful. Yeah, okay. And maybe that's my take on it, but don't you think it's like... The end of something? Well, I think some of their lyrics are quite open to interpretation about... But I can see I can see my fate in your eyes as I'm stitched up by my friends again. They can't just defend the state of things between you and me. Used to be on fire. And now it's like, slip off your shackles. I don't know where we're going. Like, when you pick... Look at all yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, whoa. I that's, don't know. That's I, one of the biggest breakup lines is, look, I just don't know where we're going. Yeah. Ooh! Or you and me used to be on fire. <laughs> Have you seen the? <laughs> have you yeah? Have you seen the? There's a video clip of a couple on a theme park uh, ride, and uh, it's a roller coaster, and the guy, the, the it's going up, going up, and he's so scared, he doesn't want to be on the roller coaster, and he's like, I don't know why you made me do this. She's loving life. He's like, I don't know why he's starting to cry. He's like, I don't know why you made me do this. This is exactly what you do all the time. I didn't want to do this. I told you I'd win the mirror, and here I am. And and then we get to the top, and he goes down, and he is losing his mind. He goes, "That's it. We're done. We're breaking up." And the minute we got off this ride, I'm done. And like the realization on her face as they're going around this roller coaster, and and she's like, "What?" And he goes, "That's it. We're done. I'm over it." And then they get, the roller coaster stops, and they both get off at different exits. It's amazing. Oh my God. Um. I wanted to talk to you about so while so actually roller coasters? No. no. Let's play the state of things.
Spotify, right? Yeah. So you know how you have been secretly watching what I listen to on Spotify, yeah. right? So I finally figured out how you do it. So I was like, okay, installed the Spotify app or program or whatever, and now I can see what everyone's listening to, which is cool. So the other day I'm listening to my music, look in, and it's basically just you oasis after oasis after oasis it was just i was just watching you go like go through the oasis songs one after another what are you doing i had master plan on i really felt like it no it's good it's good i really felt like it have you listened to moby's new album yet no you need to okay you need to uh he gets slammed it's it's an album that i listened to and i went oh my god this is great uh, all right. It's funny that you watched me on the day that I had my Oasis day. I had no Oasis. I, I was like, what a shocker. I'm like, let's <laughs> listen to Oasis. <laughs> Bet you're looking for something secret. I know. Oh, look at her listening to Taylor Swift. I know. And I was the... like, oh. She dropped a new album, didn't she, Taylor Swift? Oh, can I just talk about it for a minute? Of course you can. So, this is really funny. And so, basically, this is amazing. I'm actually going to get to talk about this and I'm going to make them listen to it. So, at work. I talk about doing the podcast mm. and you know my boss listens to it because she's texted you a couple of times joking <laughs> um, but the other two girls who do who do the same job to me um, and we're really good friends they're always joking because one of my friends really loves like Taylor Swift boy bands Backstreet Boys my boss is always like you and um, Ryan should do this um, musical swap challenge or something yeah or podcast or you could get her on as a guest and I was like absolutely not <laughs> and I've been like that no I was like you know how long it's taken to build up some sort of listener base <laughs> and then I just go and destroy it because we get a guest appearance from somebody who wants to talk about Backstreet Boys it's not going to happen and so for ages it's just been like this banter back and forth well, mm. but it would be so funny listening to you argue about it mm-hmm. and I was like yeah yeah so this morning actually she sends me a text saying this song she said I want you to listen to this song with an open mind Okay. and I was like sure so then I did and it's Taylor Swift's it's a song from Taylor Swift's new album with Bon Iver oh interesting okay and I listened to it with an open mind and I'm going to say this on air (laughs) it's a lovely song oh okay so her new album I thought Oh, so it's completely different. I listened to a couple of tracks that followed on from it. Yeah. And I looked up reviews. Guardian gives it five out of five. NME gives it four out of five. Jeez. It is not the Taylor Swift of old. It is very low-key. So look, I don't like any of her music, but seriously, give it a listen. Her new album. I'm actually going to listen to it. Okay. And actually give it some... um, and be completely open about it, open-minded, pragmatic about it, the whole thing. But the track um, with Bon Iver, I was like, whoa. Okay. Well, I'll... I'll... So the album 1989 by Taylor Swift. It's not which, that which has the shake it off, shake oh. it, which is just annoyingly catchy and fun when you're drunk. It has Welcome to New York. You ever heard that song by it? It's brilliant. No. Um... Yeah, so I will. I'll, I'll give you a listen. So the album is called. She just dropped it out Folklore. Of the yeah, okay. I love um, it. Did yeah. you ever watch that movie on our. Was it Netflix that did the documentary? No, I didn't. No, okay. But, um, okay. Yeah, so the song is called Exile with Bon Iver. <laughs> Who knew? So, so when's she coming on the podcast? Anyway, mention. <laughs> <laughs> We've done it. <laughs> 
this is fun. So, right, um, okay, we're done. Yeah, we're done. Taylor Swift, how did we get there? Who knew? Um, Spotify. So, Buy TV Light is the next song on the album. A great song again. Least favourite song on the album. Really? Better than Future Boy? Bit dull. You're a bit, bit dull. dull. What? what? Well, yes, I am. <laughs> I actually think this, I think it, the imagery is nice, uh, the lyrics are nice, but I just, I find this a little bit dull, to be honest. So, this is my skipper. Skip, skip, skip. Really? Yeah, how do you feel about it? Are you okay to let me skip it? <sighs> yeah. Okay. Slack. Great song. I like it. Uh, nice plan. It's a bit livelier. Um, the lyrics. The trees are black and I don't care because I ain't slack. Rescued a cat from a tree. Aww. Its fur was all caked in dirt, but I killed it dead for liking me. Yeah, I stole a car and drove it to town. Well, I ain't slack. This is this is what I was like. What? What'd you say about a cat? I know. Yeah, like what'd you say about a, uh, so? This is where I start. Like I love cats. This is when I started to get into lyrics and go. Some of these are really dark. Because you just because of the music. You think it's lovely. You're like that. Oh, it must be love. He must love that cat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's play a little bit of slack. not to play but if you like it it's fine it's your arm you can play and we've not played two songs we've had two so we're fine we're fine Uh, slow one here sounds lovely the lyrics again take away your room back and your cowboy lies my refill bottle of the sky because I'm sick and I'm twisted like a Sunday massacre stop me before I die again yeah they're not um, it's not I love you is it no it's great writing but the music just it's it's very different so you Starship you like yep alright Starship I still haven't got to my pick yet. I don't know if you noticed this. The road. What do you think of the road? I really like that. I love the chorus. It's stunning. Beautiful. It's absolutely stunning. Chainsville. Nothing. 
No, that's it. Okay. This song reminds me so much of summer. I was listening to this album in the summer of 2002. Uh, the first time I heard this song, the sun was going down and it lit up my room, just as it says in the song. Incredible. Uh, I, yeah, I think this is a stunning, stunning song. So I'm all in, all in on the road. It's not my pick, though. Times are fine Yeah, it goes everywhere Down some highway Yeah, down some lonely road In an old-fashioned way Here's my pick, Mind Over Money. Mind Over Money. Second pick. Lovely. That was going to be my second pick. So uh, my favourites are this one, State of Things. I think Underdog just because of... um, It's a good song. um, Just because it is what it is. Mm. I just love them all, don't I, really, when I think about it. The Door's probably up there. Mm -hmm. The Road... Some good songs. There's some cracking songs. And when I go back to it, it ages well. It does age well. In fact, and, and his voice is just, you know, we've listened to a lot of music. He has a beautiful, yeah. unique voice. But Mind Over Money is great. Do you know what I love about Mind Over Money? It comes from no, it comes out of nowhere. Because you've kind of had, mm-hmm. on that journey, and mm-hmm. then this just song comes. Mm-hmm. It's quite dark. Uh, chorus is excellent. Light up my life like a very last mm. cigarette. Wearing a smile like it's going out of style. Look at yourself. There's nothing in there. Keep blood on the inside and nowhere else. Yeah. Up on a shelf. That's where I need to be. That's a couple of references to a shelf. Um, but again, great writing. Got to number 31, this one. Did he get left on the shelf? Is it, is it a problem for him? He must have. He must have the, the breakup or something must have happened around this. Because you can see it's mm. quite dark at times. But this is this is my pick. This is This is... Brilliant song. So let's play this. Smile like it's good 
seems it doesn't really matter And then you end with The Optimist. Yeah, you do. Talk to me about this. So, good song. Wish they didn't end with it. Okay. If they'd have ended with Mind Over Money, I'd have been happy. Female lyrics, female vocalist in this yep. as well, which adds, I think is nice. It's quite but different. It's, it's track placement for me, right? Because the title track's very rarely the last track. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this, this song would have actually been a bit better further up the album to give it a bit of a break with the lyrics I agree with you um, and the vocal sorry because yep. of that the difference and I think you could have ended it with Mind Over Money or The Road either of them would have been fine um, because I feel like I lose it it loses its importance because sometimes mm. the last track in the album I feel it would have had more of an impact in the middle of the album yeah I, I probably agree with you get rid of your future boy whack this in yes happy Liz. 
Um, cold blood bleeding still, at least I'm still breathing. Mm-hmm. Patiently waiting, clinging onto my mobile phone. Is that going to age? It's okay so far. And that would have been like a Nokia. It really would have been. Right. So, uh, cracked skulls with a creepy mind inside. I'm planning the greatest of escapes, you know. Uh, so we'll play the optimist to take us out it does have this album does have a bit of a secret track leslie uh, three days old yeah well it's nothing special is it nah. it's one of those ones where you go don't bother i think this was the era when we were starting to get out of them oh we're starting to move past. yeah i think so yeah do you get them now? You don't get them. Well, what can you do? There's no CDs to slip into, really, isn't there? Uh, reviews. <laughs> Illy, two out of five. The murky ballads of the Optimus LP were largely forgettable. Although there were some decent tunes like the bloke blues folk poultry of the do- poetry, not poultry, of the door, they resigned by TV light and San Francisco style vocal harmonies of Slack and the low light of low light flight of Starship. For the most part of the album felt like a postscript for the dying Britpop era and the mortally wounded music industry. That said, if the likes of Star Sailor, Travis and Elbow appeal to you, then you'll enjoy this. Would you agree with that last statement? I would, but I'm not a huge Elbow fan. You say that now. Right, can you read? This is a long one. I say always Elbow, it's just the voice. Beautiful music, terrible voice. I want you to read this review. Okay, it's a long one. Holy moly. Yep. Pudding and pie. So Craven Monicked. Yep, three out of five, right? Hey you, you with the glass eye and the glass of scotch. I mean, it was me up until glass eye. But <laughs> you in the corner sucking down oats like the world was going to end and you knew it all along. You in the turtleneck weeping for the albatross despite knowing the winged glorious is destined for the glue factory. Oofed. You, yeah, you in the blue jeans, you with the frown, thinking that you knew what you were doing when you dated the skinny girl who later slits her wrists but didn't quite die. <laughs> and you were left feeling guilty. This is an album review. Because you didn't really like her and she tried to die for you. Yeah, you and the black bowling loafers who never returned my phone calls, even though it was you. It was you. That's capitals. Mm-hmm. Who said, hey, let's get together sometime and have a few pints. You in the corner, you, you sold me a line about knowing your place in the world. You were my philosopher. You were my Kant, uh, my Jung. You were my Pope. R.I.P. Yeah, you in the jeans and sweater and shoes watching me pass by like another lemon. Never known and never knowing. I saw you when you were a punk. Fuck you. This is you. This is me. This is the optimist. And it suffers the fools like you. So stay in your corner, motherfucker. And I'll pass by you. There is no sound when my wheels skid past your door. Get used to it. So what's that for? I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? Is is he trying to say that's what the songs are? Is he trying to say that that's what he thinks tune and breaks were until they released this album? I don't know. Um... It's a very stupid thing. Angry review. Very. But it's three out of five. So he doesn't hate it and he doesn't love it. So it's odd. Somewhere in the middle. An album that you're somewhere in the middle about doesn't normally evoke such trouble. <laughs> Brad L, four out of five. If Beth Orton is a Joni Mitchell of the new Beth British Orton. acoustic set, then Turin Bricks are at Simon and Garfunkel. Or Brewer and Shipley. Like Orton, Ed Orcourt, Ed, Ed Harcourt, and a slew of others... 
They mix folk-oriented pop with the trappings of electronica. You wouldn't exactly say there's anything groundbreaking here, but there's a number of strong songs and it's breezing, endearing listening. Right, Les, how are you going to rate this? Hi. So, this album stands up for me. It's beautiful, brings back memories, such beautiful written songs, music. Um, We'll always go back to it, we'll always listen to it. Eight and a half out of ten. I'm not far behind you. Uh, I think it's it is it is gorgeous. It does have its flaws. Uh, yeah, Future Boy. Couple couple of tracks where I'm not so all in for, but like I said, pop it on in the background, have some drinks to it. Oh, you'll yeah, have lovely. a good time. Seven and a half from me. Really nice. Yeah, it was really nice okay, to so listen you liked to it. it. And it's just some, sometimes just absolutely stunning. This album. Uh, I'm doing all right. You've not really hated any of my picks. Apart from the editors. Editors I didn't really like. But I think that was just more of a... I was angry. I was on tilt with that one. I think we can both agree. Yeah. I think I, give, I, think I corrected myself and gave it a six. Yeah. Um, so, web, turinbreaks.com or turinbreaks.nl, which I borrowed quite a lot from. Twitter, turinbreaks. My pick, my pick, my pick. Oh, this always makes me nervous. It's a Britpop band. Oh. But not a Britpop sound. Uh, so... Oh. I am going to pick The Charlatans. All right. And I am going to pick the album Wonderland. Oh, it's got one of my favourite Charlatans songs on it. Does it? Mm-hmm. Didn't know that, but that's great. I won't tell you which one. Okay. Uh, and I'll talk about why I picked this. Because um, it's, just an interesting, it's just an interesting album. And I guarantee a lot of people haven't listened to it. And that's what I'm keen to... to... And it's never a bad thing to talk about The Charlatans. No. And it's it's an interesting story. Lots going on in the band. Uh, lots of polarising opinions for those that do listen to it. And wonder we, where I'll fall. I can't remember. We will talk about Tim's falsetto and how people love it or hate it. So, um, Charlatan's Wonderland. And then the episode after that, Hoochie Mama, it's a big listener pick album. Was it? It's massive. Do I like it? Uh, I don't know. We haven't, we haven't, we actually haven't talked about it. Yeah, so, and I don't know how I'm going to feel about it, but it is, there's no getting away from it. We had to talk about this album. So, Twitter and Facebook, Britpop Banter, uh, or email us, BritpopBanter at gmail.com. Charlatans and Wonderland, next episode. Les, anything else? That's all. Done. I've got to talk about them. Hope people listen to it. Yeah. Go and listen to the Mariners. Go and listen to Paul Weller. Good episode for yeah, music. absolutely. Stanley's as well. Um... And go and listen to that track from Taylor Swift. And, like, you know, hammer me on Twitter, that's fine. But just listen to it with an open mind like open I Open mind. Because it's not earth-shattering, but compared to the nonsense that she's churned out, <laughs> this is not bad. All right. See ya. See ya. Bye. Sitting here, staring out the Traffic always makes me feel like I'm coming home Cold blood bleeding, still at least I'm breathing Patiently waiting, clinging on to my mobile phone Cracked skull with a creepy mind inside Planning the greatest of escapes, you know.
Stand up, yeah, I'm gonna rear up and- 